Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perspectives Podcast. My name is Josue. We have Jerry, we have Danny, and we have our special guest, Sal Garcia. We're super hey, grateful Saul. that he was able to join, that he was willing to put some time to, to be able to, to join us for this episode, episode number nine. Uh, like we always do before we start, we like to, you know, speak to our guests for the people who will be listening and maybe don't know Saul. We always like to uh, start off with a question or icebreaker, if you could call it, you know, and ask, you know, who is Saul Garcia? You know, what, what's the background or, or something that we can know about you? Um, I actually don't know. I don't even know who I am. Guys, no, I'm joking. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess for those that do not know me, my name is Saul. Uh, I go to the Church of Hosanna Apostolic Church. My pastor is Philip Salazar. I love my pastor. Uh, a lot of things that I know that I'm about to say is through his mentorship. Um, also, uh, I guess, I mean, uh, I've been, I've been, uh, going to church for a while now. Um, I've been doing, I've been, uh, I guess the subject today is about soul winning. I've been doing, a, I've, I've made a, a conscious decision on, uh, to do soul winning for about, I think about eight years now. And that's, that's kind of the avenue. Um, I'm married. Just recently got married Congrats. in January. Yeah. You know, just dodge that coronavirus just <laughs> and just got married. Uh, it was, it's interesting because we were planning it to do it in May. That was our wedding date. Jeez. But the Holy Ghost came through. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Ghost yeah. came through. And, and, Perfect uh, time. And he, he changed it. Definitely he, because it was we went, we didn't know. Changed it to January. We got married, went to Cancun. It was a blast. Um, uh, that's just a little bit about me, I guess. Uh, I work. Uh, I went to school. Uh, um, and right now I'm working with small group ministries at my local church. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Uh, I do that in a uh, weekly basis and I, I have a blast doing it. That's so I, awesome. I like the fact that you gave us like a time frame. You said about eight years of, of soul winning, you know, so if we could kind of go back to year one, you know, if you could remember, like, how did you get started? You know, uh, how did Saul get started with evangelizing or being passionate about, about souls? That's a very, very uh, good question. Um, and how did I get started with soul winning? Um, it goes back to the 1800s. <laughs> I didn't go back that back. <laughs> right. Uh, so it goes, it goes, I was about 20 years old. I remember mm-hmm. I was about 20 years old. And I had... I came to a crossroads, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to like, what am I really doing in church? Am I just going for the friends and for the, uh, <coughs> you know, for the girls, you know what I mean? <laughs> what am I really doing? What am I really, what am I here for? What's my purpose? Am I just here to, to chill and talk and have fun? Or is there something more? Mm-hmm. And I remember going into, and in, into, the thought process of I need to make a decision. Am I gonna am I gonna serve God with all my heart or bounce? It was literally that of of a hard decision of am I gonna not serve God and, and do what I want to do, live my life, do my will, or did the will of God be done? And 
and through a lot of prayer, a lot of you know, a lot of just thinking about that, uh, I made a decision. It says I'm gonna serve the Lord with everything, and that started my journey um, into venturing in everything I could to know about Jesus. So the first thing was I fell in love with Him. I, I, I invested my time in knowing Him. Mm-hmm. That was the first step. That's it. That's, I was pray fast. Prayed and fast. I prayed, you know, constantly. There's an always a constant investment in my time. And Jesus, I would read a lot. I would read a lot of the Bible, a lot of books about the Bible, books about the identity of Jesus. I was hungry to know because I had made my decision. I had a conscious decision to serve him. And when that t- uh, went about, then there was uh, another thing that happened is that then I began to read scripture and I began to understand it. And then I began to uh, wanting to apply. So then it, it came to the question is I fell in love with Jesus. I, I this is who I, I love. And, and, you know, there's so much to that, but that was the final product of that. I fell in love with Jesus. So then the second question was, uh, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. What else can I do? Right. And the answer was in scripture, if you love me, you what? Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's fine. I think it's in uh, John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, mm-hmm. obey my commandments. I was like, oh, okay. So then that sped me into the journey of obedience. Um, side note, there's a dangerous when it's you, f- you follow the commandments of God without loving him. People get messed up like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much pressure of obedience and there's no relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it messes people up. I've um, seen it all my life. But this, mine was I fell in love. So then I was like, what can I do mm-hmm. for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And then that was the journey. So that means like, what, what, what am I supposed to do? What is the will of God? That was the, the second question. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? I want to do it. I want to do the will of God, you know, um, and I wanted to essentially be used by God. And that was the definition of that. So the scripture answered it for me again. Uh, the answer in scripture always. Yeah. Every answer you need is in scripture. The answer was uh, the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, right? Verse 19. You know, go out there and make disciples of all nations, you know. And that clicked. It clicked. It was so basic. But I was never really taught this. Mm-hmm. It was, if you love Jesus, you'll keep his commandments. Okay, I get that. What is the commandments? Well, one of the greatest commandments, or the first commandments, I think it's from Mark chapter 12, I believe, or mm-hmm. yeah. 33, 31, I believe. Yeah. It says, you know, love God, love people. You know, yes. love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you know. And then you love your neighbor as thyself. You know, you love people, love God, love people. There was, so then, so it was, it was that, that I began to fall in love with Jesus. And then I, then the second aspect is, okay, what, what is his will? What is his will? I began to read, what is his commandment? Then the second is love people, which translated into making disciples. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about this question. What? When we, when we don't fulfill God's commandments, it's essentially sinning. You're, you're sinning. There's a sin. 
God commands you, thou shalt not, or you shouldn't do this. Sin is the violation of the law of God. So then I begin to be like, wait, so is discipleship a commandment? It's like, absolutely it is. Mm -hmm. Discipleship, soul winning is a commandment from Jesus. That's right. And I yeah. said, I need to do that. If Jesus said this in his ascension, he was leaving. He was out. He was leaving. He was like, and these are his last words, according to Matthew. I think if his last words are, go make disciples, I think that's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty important. <laughs> so then that knowledge, I was hungry first. Like I said, I fell in love with Jesus. I wanted to know his will. Once I learned about his will, his will was go out, love God, love people. Go out there and make disciples. So I said, okay, so then it led me to my third journey, which says, how do I do it? Mm, and then that right. just launched me into, into what I'm, and I'm still answering that question. How do I do it? How do I do it? How do I make disciples? How do I do make disciples? I have a I have a quick question. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I have a quick question because that is is it is important that people know that that is a commandment at the end of the day, mm -hmm. yeah. and it is, and it is serving God, because I feel like um, I feel like a lot of people think like oh, I'm I am serving God because they like I don't know like I know I used to play the drums so because I'm playing the drums I'm serving God, you know what I'm saying or because I'm. You know, I attend church and I help out with I help out with the lyrics. So I help out with the lyrics. Therefore, I'm serving God. But there is a such thing as the Great Commission. And it's great for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Because it is the last thing that that um, Jesus instructed us to do, you know, is to That's go right. out, you know, make disciples. So what would you say to people that think they are doing enough, but they're not going out and gaining souls for the kingdom of god or or preaching the kingdom of god in general like uh, how would you respond to that yeah that's that's the 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 man you hit it on the nail that's the question of a, the time right that is the question that i needed to answer for myself that is a question that because i myself i grew up in church and i wanted to be the drummer i wanted to be the uh you know you know the the person in the music team and 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 all this stuff, and I wanted to be involved in the youth ministries, and but because there were some people, think <laughs> check this out, guys. So I wanted to be a drummer, so I started learning how to drum, right? And then, and then uh, it was a, it was the the main drummer, um, then the second main drummer, and there was the drummer's backup, and then the second drummer's backup. And then, then it was me. Then, if for, for some reason nobody had, it was I was up. Guess so. Obviously, that never happened, right? Because there was like ten backups, you know. So I had I had to answer that question for myself, and that's a great question. And and it goes back to loving God. It goes back into the uh, uh, the aspect of what is at the heart of God. Why did Jesus come? Why did he come to the world? To save the righteous, he said no, to bring sinners to repentance. Sinners, yeah. That is the yeah. reason he came to this earth. So if there's anything we should be aligning ourselves, it's to the will of the basic reason why Jesus came. 
you know, why did Jesus come to the world? Is everything at the end of the day, the reason he died on the cross is for the sinner like me and like you guys that are here to save us. So, uh, so of a person that's doing something in the church and these things are good, uh, the ultimate commission, the ultimate person, like you said, the great commission, the greatest thing you could do in the kingdom is save the lost. Why? Because people are going to hell. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. Period. At the end yeah. of the day, that's, that's the bottom line. That's exactly. the bottom line. And what am I doing for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. The best thing you could do is save people from hell. That's the best thing you could do for the yeah. kingdom of God. That's the best. There's, there's nothing. You don't need a title for that. You don't need to be, uh, you exactly. don't have any, ex- you don't even need experience to do that. Because mm-hmm. I did when I was 20 when I started. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. If you guys ask me, I will talk about some stuff that I messed up bad. Mm-hmm. But, but in the trajectory, God sees that and says, I don't know that. Second, and, and, and the way I've, and to answer the question a little bit, do I see my ministry in the Bible? That's the question. Yeah. And if, the, and if, and, and so winning is in the Bible. Yes. <laughs> Everything else is, is things that are important and we need it. And I, I don't, uh, I wouldn't ever knock it. I would never mm-hmm. knock the things people do for the church. Cause I see it. And it's man, when the sound guy's not there, it, we see, you know, the, 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 it, it's bad. It's bad. You know, the, you know, they put the new guy or, you know, whatever the case that even the drummer, the drummer's not there. The pianist is not there. It's affected. It, there's effects. But at the end of the day, uh, what do you, do you see your ministry in the Bible? And the answer to that is you definitely see everything about the New Testament is about harvest, about mm-hmm. soul winning about winning the lost. Mm-hmm. That is all it is about. And trust me, mm-hmm. guys, when, when I say this, once you align yourself with the will of God, you feel this immense purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I got. That was the, uh, I found purpose. I found meaning. And, it, and isn't that what people are looking for? Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like soul winning is, is like, it's timeless. Because I always say, and I, when I talk to my friend, um, I say, every, on, honestly, like a lot of ministries have a time limit. Like I don't see a 60-year-old guy playing the drums at convention. Or I don't see, I see a 67-year-old yeah, man like uh, helping out with lyrics or something like that. But I could see a 60-year-old man calling people to God. I could see a 70-year-old person calling people to Christ, calling them to repentance. Like it's timeless. It doesn't have a time limit. It doesn't have a... Uh, an age limit or anything like that like uh anyone can do it and at any moment in their life they can begin doing it you know so like that's good like you that's, said, that's I, a really I good analysis it, absolutely i do see it in the bible like you said and all these other ones you know praise god you know obviously it's necessary but soul winning has to be a priority you know and i'm not saying i'm the ultimate soul winner because i'm not <laughs> you know there are people that i talk i'm to right there just, with you man i'm right yeah. there with you i'm not the ultimate man yeah Good stuff. So, um, Good stuff. Def- definitely. And scripture talks about that. Uh, scripture talks about, uh, I forgot what the scripture is, but it talks about the where where the harvest is coming and then uh, the employer employs someone in the morning, one mm-hmm. in the evening, or one at night, right? Yeah. And then he pays they them one denarii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're paid one denarii. And the person that worked in the morning worked all the way till the night. 
Why? Because it's timeless. As you could work that for the rest of your life in harvest, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. Point. I never that's even point. yeah yeah. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, that's definitely true for sure. So, um, you said you you just got married, right? Um, that's right, sir. So how has that um you know helped your your ministry? Has that like you know changed something? Helped with something? Has something become more tough? How, how does yeah, that so, out? so um, one of the things is, is a two, two, there's so many things that helps. Um, one thing is that it protects you because as a soul winner, you're bringing, you're bringing a lot of people and you could, you could, and there's obviously people, females, uh, sisters uh, that are need counseling, that need, that need guidance and having a wife there to protect you, to, let you know, hey, this is okay, and put the boundaries has definitely been a very great help. Second, also, I have someone that would give me a different perspective on ideas. Um, when, you, when I was single, like, everything was just in here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was in here. I had an idea, and I thought it was great. And then later I found out, mm, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> really that wasn't like- a great idea. You know? So having a wife, they're definitely able to uh, run things by them. And hey, what do you think? What do you think about this? Uh, second, I have an audience when I teach or preach. Before I run it, before I teach it, I preach it to her, and then she'll say, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." <laughs> like, oh snap! Oh. <laughs> and then, and then you change it right now. You know, obviously, there's nothing to say that, but. Uh, should, should be very generous. Yeah, that's a good point. You should get at this. And then, so it, there's, it's the best thing that could ever happen to my ministry. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, do you guys um, often give uh, conferences together or, or any type of, uh, you know, cell group class or whatever? Do you guys ever cooperate in, in, in doing something like that? Not yet. No, we're not. We're, we just got married since January. So we've been, um, you know, Pastor gave, gave us a, like a, a leave, a little bit of a leave. Mm. Uh, for ministry yeah you know leave because then this everything this whole coronavirus changes everything I for know. us yeah. mm-hmm. so we had to go put to work at church because of people people need you know people are in need but anyways um not yet not yet we're, we yeah. haven't done that yet um uh, because of you know where we're at still we're still mm-hmm. trying to figure life out together you know right yeah um, I also uh, wanted to uh, bring something else up. You, I remember one of your brothers um, told me that your grandpa was a bishop, wasn't he? That's cor- uh, that's correct. So I had um, my I have my two grandparents from my dad's side and mom's side were pastors. From my mom's side, um, from my mom's side, uh, he became a bishop. He became a bishop of. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, it was national uh, bishop of education mm. uh, for the district. No, not for the district, for the national on on a national level. With mm, uh, I think the Apostolic Church in Mexico. He was in uh, Culiacan, Sinaloa. That was his. That's what, that was where his church was, and his name is. Uh, Tito Uriarte. Um, and sadly, sadly, when I decided to enter into ministry, 
he was already too old and retired and uh he didn't really hear that well and i i really really regret not picking his brain mm-hmm. uh he passed away already about three years ago um but man i wish i would have had his stories his he built churches he was like this this legend Every, everybody <laughs> that tells me everybody that talks to him, he's a legend yeah you know if anybody knows anybody from the church of mexico and this is back in you know like our uh i don't know what the year was but you know he was he was a legend and um he 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 definitely was in a very an inspiration for me he said a quote that is very inspirational to this day um the, back then they used to do like uh reports and do like little biography books of the church and then he wrote something and he said it in spanish i'm not sure uh, maybe you can see how me translate it in english but i'm gonna say it in mm-hmm. spanish um do you guys all know Spanish, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and here's, this is the quote. He says, Si soy útil, señor, úsame. So that would translate. Si soy útil, señor, úsame. If I'm, I think it's if I'm useful. Useful, yeah, yeah. Use me. Use yeah. me. Use me, Lord. Mm-hmm. If I'm able to be used, use me. And that, I use that in my that. prayers. Mm-hmm. I prayed that. I, re- yeah. I remember reading that quote. I was like, what? That's good. Like, if I'm able to be used, then here I am. Sure. Yeah. And that was a lot of my prayer. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. And, and, you know, we see you being used mightily. And um, honestly, like, you, God used you to speak to my life even. So, um, um, and in the sense of soul winning, God is using you tremendously. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because you are willing to be used because if you're useful god is going to use you yeah right um and in that sense you know with your wife you guys are gonna be doing this together now and with her support and you guys are doing this all let me ask you from the very beginning you already set your mind to win the souls and you already set your mind that that's going to be your ministry when did the passion for the souls come in like as far as like their their burdens became your burdens, because I I was reading I have a book right here it's called Migrating Faith I always talk about it I love the book <laughs> it's about the right. beginnings of the um, of Pentecostalism in the United States in the 20th century and um, cool. and it talks about Antonio Nava and his conversion mm-hmm. and when he got the Holy Ghost and it says that and it says. Oh, unforgettable moment when I experienced the power of God manifested in my being, manifested in my being by means of the warmth of the Holy Spirit that immediately subdued my passion. I felt a new life in all my being. This change was affected through the love of the Lord who controlled my soul. My heart was enlightened to love others with the perfect love that is God's. When I left home, when I left to go home, it seemed that nature had been transformed. And when I heard music in the street, my heart was saddened for I wished that all could feel what I was feeling. And um, I thought it was something super interesting because it showed his his passion that even when they seemed like they were happy as can be, he heard music in the street. His heart was still saddened because he, he understood that they didn't have what he had. And so that that's my question to you. And it, like, when did that become 
a thing because you already set your mind a logical and um and like um very um important decision that you made i'm going to win souls but when did the the passion and like the the burdens become your burdens you know that's a great question uh um i don't want to i don't remember the exact date i remember uh or the exact moment but i could tell you uh the setting that it was in and Mm -hmm. how how did it begin? Uh, well, let, so it all started with, uh, um, I guess in the, in the way it manifested my soul winning was I started a life group or a cell group or a small group. That's how, that's how my passion manifested, mm-hmm. um, in soul winning. Um, and that's when I went full blown. Um, the way, one of the things is, um, we had, I remember first we opened a Bible study at my home. It was a cell group, but I wasn't the teacher. I just opened it. Um, and people started coming. Souls were being there. Uh, some of the souls are baptized right now. Uh, and coming to our church and faithful members. And to this day, praise God for that. But um, I remember if, if I would say something it, it, to try to answer that, is this, uh, when I made my decision, I started seeking the Lord and then the trajectory of really loving Jesus and knowing him, um, and that trajectory, seeing that. And I believe I want to say, if I will put a moment is when I saw the first soul get baptized Mm. because my, the fruits of my, the labor that we put my investment paid off. Mm -hmm. And then I said, and then it hit me, hit me like a ton of bricks uh, saying it. And I fell in love with it because I believe, and and this is where many people fall into. Uh, I've seen it uh, where you put so much effort, but you don't see an end result. Mm-hmm. What happens? You get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Right? I think if I would have never had that first baptism, I would have been discouraged and I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely seeing that it works mm-hmm. seeing that this is, this is it because there was, there was, it was, it was passion for the Lord knowing that this is the will of God, but because it's so, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit, uh, but because it's so much work, you're putting so much work and effort to win one soul that if it doesn't pay off, I would have, I would probably have been done. So when I saw, and that was in sep- the uh, September, 2012, Hmm. So when I got the first soul. So can you talk about that? The 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 efforts and the, the process of gaining the soul, just so like people that maybe are are want are wanting to try to start saving souls or, or not saving souls because at the end of the day the Lord saves them. God but like winning this <laughs> winning the souls and like bringing them yeah. to Christ. Uh can you talk about that? Like uh because I know it, it's a it's a lot that you invest because you know, same same with me, like we've all gone through it where we've you know, talk to them on the phone, pray for them over the phone or or like going far distance to give them just the Bible study or whatever it may be. Can you talk about that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the process is, uh, I guess, how to start with soul winning in, in the process. It, I remember the first time I actually went out to win someone. 
And again, it, it, it had to do a lot with the small victories. That, like, the more I something happened, a miracle, then that got me more passionate. The more, it's for uh, the the way I, the analogy I could get is like this: is like I threw my I threw I threw a fish into the into the to the water, and then I reeled it in, and then a small fish came. You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. So then you use that small fish, and then I threw it back out. Then I got a bigger fish. So. And then a bigger fish and a bigger fish. Mm-hmm. In other words, my small miracles started getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And those small victories got me in the greatest passion of all time because I saw it worked. So I was like, I did this. Okay, hey, something did happen here. And then, okay, well, what if I do more? And then the more I did, the more I saw the hand of God in my life. And mm-hmm. my passion continued and continues to grow. Uh, there's way more, way more. So, uh, to, to start with the investment and process, uh, let me tell you how I started. The, I, rem- I still remember the first person I evangelized to. It was at school. I was going to Cerritos College. Um, and uh, I, I invited my friend, my classmate, to In N Out. Um, and we were like, I was like, hey, you want to go In N Out? Yeah, let's go. But my intentions were to evangelize. That was the intention. Um, and then I was in the car, and then he was he got out. We, I remember seeing him get out and get in. And then I saw him, and then I made a prayer. I said, God, can you open the door for me to preach the gospel to this man or to this young man? Because I have no idea. <laughs> I have no – I don't even know where to start. Like – it's like so you love Jesus, bro? Like how do you, like how do you how, like how do you make it not awkward? Like in in there's a lot of fear to that, a lot of awkwardness that you have to overcome. Um those are the reasons a lot of things that held me back. But uh so then I made that prayer and I was like, God, open the door, open the door. Then I'm gonna preach the gospel to him. Okay. And then um I get out and then as he's going, he's going he's going into the to the to the uh, to the in and out doors, I guess, uh, inside, and then I'm following behind him. He hasn't seen me yet. Uh, a man just walks by, gives him something in his hand, and then leaves. We order, we both order, we sit down, we're, uh, we get our order, and then we just start talking, and then he's like, he's like, hey, did you see that guy that just passed by? They, mm-hmm. He gave me something. I was like, oh, what did he give you? And he take it out, and it was a little, like, a little business card. And then I looked at it and it said, John 3.16. Mm. And now I'm just like, (laughs) what did just Mm. happen? I was like, how can you not, like, (laughs) God just gave it, opened the door wide open for the gospel to be preached to this young man. And I, all I had to do is ask the Lord to do it. Mm. And... Um, so that's one way to start. You ask the Lord to open doors for souls, uh, for you to preach the gospel, for opportunities to open. And that was the first taste I got that I was like, man, God answered like that. Yeah. And side note, if you pray for souls and soul related anything, God answers like that. But anyway, mm. um, yeah. yeah. So that was my first taste. I saw that. I was like, how can I, how, how can you not say It'll, it'll be the dumb, like, oh, I don't know. And then you just. <laughs> <laughs> just take. Keep going. Like, that, that's just, it was, it was, God made it so easy for me. 
that like it was dumb not to talk it was, about. It was very specific. He, you said, open a door, and he was like, okay, I'm open a door with mm-hmm. an evangelistic verse of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, and that was that's how I started. So then I began to ask the Lord to, to this day, and there's so many so many things I can say about that. But bottom line, if you if each person says, God, open the door that I may preach the gospel to someone, God will put someone in front of you immediately. Mm-hmm. That same day, God will open the door. Why? Why is that? Because that's his that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. So now fast forward a little bit how to get someone into make being a committed Christian, right? That's the question. That's the real question. That's what I want to know. That's what I wanted to know. And that's what we all want to know. How do you get someone? Um, and and the, the example I'm going to give, um, for example, one of the persons that I brought to the Lord, one of my first souls that I'm going to talk about, I asked him if it was okay. He said it was okay. Uh, it was Brother Tyreek. Uh, mm. Brother Tyreek was the first soul that that did not believe in Jesus to now becoming an awesome leader and awesome evangelist and yeah. um, and everything who he is as, an, as a uh as a as a Christian and as a man, man of, God. of God, yes, absolutely. So that was yeah. the first soul that I won. Um, so he, here here's the process. Number one, it w- is has to do with two things. It's two things, and we could go in deep. I'm making sim- I'm trying to make it as simple as go possible. Ahead. Go number ahead. one, go number one is extreme love for people. You cannot do this if you don't extremely love people. Mm-hmm. It, it, you just can't do it. It's impossible. You gotta love people. Hence, you have to follow the commandments. Hello, yeah, you know, love God with people, right? <laughs> you know, but that's the key. You gotta really love people. You know, this is assuming there's a. I have a presupposition that you already love God with everything. Yeah. So if you don't even have that, you're not even there to so yeah. you're not even there yet. Yeah. Assuming yeah. that you already love God and this is who you are, this is. You know, you you do anything for Jesus. That's the that you are a Christian. That you identify as that. The second step is you got to really love people, and that's hard because people suck. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the reality. People's behaviors are not the best behaviors. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so you got to be able to. Um, um, we all have things that annoy us, right? Some of you guys have yeah. things that just really just get to you. Yeah. But what if that's the person God wants you to win? Yeah, yeah. You got to overcome true. that, and that—that that was me. Um, the people. I'm gonna tell you guys. Um, for example, how how why love was important. The people that I, the people that I that I hanged out with and was always with was people that played basketball, people that played soccer, at <laughs> at at school and at work. That was my crowd, right? That was the soccer players. And uh, the basketball players, uh, people that did both. That was the crowd that I hanged out with. Mm-hmm. That people that started coming to the Bible study, it was different people. It mm-hmm. was people that didn't play soccer at all. So there was the, uh, out the window. It's people that played Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask Pokemon. you that. Like, that, like can you re- like? Do you have to, or does someone have to be able to relate to people to win the souls? Because I was okay, going to say so that, like, I always uh-huh. say, like, oh, you know, I can, like, before, before, like, a long time ago, I used to always say, like, oh, I can't talk to a, a like, and I'm going to just say it because it, it happened. 
I like, well, I can't talk to a homosexual about the Lord because I've never even had those kind of thoughts in my mind. So right. therefore I can't relate to him. But but then literally when I said that, like you said, you ask God and he'll put someone in your place. Legit, like the next day, God was like, okay, here's a homosexual. Talk to him about the Lord. And I was like, okay, you know, but uh, that just continue what you were saying. I just thought that. Yeah, was no, no, that's right. that, that, yeah, no, no, that's a good input. That's an absolute good input. Uh, that's a great question. Love has to be the bridge between uh, uncoming grounds. Um, mm. What leads you to uncoming ground is love. It, it cannot exactly cannot yes. Um, uh, you could use that in a romantic uh, example. You could use that mm. as in a romantic example that uh, if you know you're seeking for someone to love and marry, and you'll do anything to get over there. You'll do anything. It don't matter. You'll cross anything to make sure it works uh, because of love. So you have to love people. And like I said, my crowd was, uh, was people that played basketball, soccer. And a lot of people that played Yu-Gi-Oh! was into anime. I was clueless about all that <laughs> anime, Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, the Pokemon cards. Uh, and my Bible study, right after we were done, there would be tournaments on the floor. <laughs> Not even on the table. Everybody sitting on the floor and there was a full-on tournament. And there was just all people that didn't know nothing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And my love for the people was greater than our differences. Exactly. Um, then I, I was like, I don't know nothing. You know, I never played because I never really was interested. But they didn't care. What mm-hmm. cared is like, I, so I, but I was interested in them, in the person. You know, I, lo- I fell in love with people. So that was the first step, the first barrier. That you need to go. So the first step is obviously love God. Second barrier is loving people. Well, I love people. And, you know, I, like, okay, it, 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 challenge yourself. Love someone that, that's not connected to you. Someone that's not religious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From a different religion. From a different uh, mm-hmm. cultural background. From a different mm-hmm. thought process. And mm-hmm. um, it's difficult. It's difficult. So what I do, I ask the Lord for help. I ask the Lord for help to help me love. And guess what? God poured out his love. And is essentially, I put it like this. Uh, I can't give what I do not have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and therefore, I needed God to constantly pour love so I could continue to give love. That mm-hmm. was just, uh, my source was endless. It was in mm-hmm. humanitarian. It was in uh, any other terminology, terminology you could think of, of why you should help someone. Because that comes to an end, you know. Yeah. But there's one resource, the one resource that is eternal, and that is the love of Jesus. Yes. And therefore, he will pour his love continuously, and then I would go ahead and love. So that's the first barrier we have to overcome. Truly love people, and that's hard. Look at how the world is today, right? Uh, it's a lack of love. Basic, exactly. Uh, very basic. If we just loved, if everybody just loved people, uh, our churches would be different even. Exactly. Um, our youth groups would be different. There wouldn't be the dramas that there is. If mm-hmm. we just simply love people. Um, and we could talk a lot, lot about how the love looks like, but let's just keep it at that. The second is how to win a soul. One, love people. Second is investment. And there's two types of investment. You invest time with God and you invest time with them. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. That's right. So there is no way for you to, for soul winning to happen. Well, there is, I guess there's always exceptions. So God just brings people and you didn't even do nothing. God just brings them. And that's happened. Uh, they're just ready, ready to get baptized from as soon as they come into the, into your church. But mm-hmm. investment needs to happen. Okay. Yeah. Investment in God. So that means you're praying, you're fasting and you're studying. I studied so much. I studied how to soul win. I studied um, how to uh, win people. I, I started doctrine. Why? Because I needed to, to invest in people. So then the second part, which is the ultimate hardest part, is vesting time mm-hmm. in people that you have no idea who they are. Yeah. That right there is one of the biggest barriers, for me at least. It may not be for everybody. At least for me, it's like, how do I know that they're not... They're, they're, the time is going to be spent wisely, whatever, right? There's always, why, why, let me back up. We love to invest our time. Here it is. Video games, entertainment, <laughs> Instagram, um, everything is eating up our investment in time. Still, mm-hmm. And these things are okay. It's all right. But do you want to see the move of God? Then your investment needs to change. You mm-hmm. need to invest in time in prayer, in time in fasting, invest mm-hmm. in time in reading the word and reading books about the power of the Holy Ghost, stuff like that. And second, you invest time in people. At the end, something began to happen. When I began to uh, invest time in people and then I, they saw that I, was, that I cared about them, mm-hmm. that I was investing. And, and investing time in people includes... Invest in your time and invest in your money. Mm-hmm. And those things are difficult, difficult, you know, very difficult. Uh, when I would come in, for example, Brother Tyreek, you know, uh, as an example, he didn't have money. So we would go out. I would take him out to eat. He can't pay for himself. So I will pay for him, you know. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a problem. But again, these are the things that we need to uh, be able to reach someone is an investment in people. You're just investing. You're spending time. You're hanging out with them. You're preaching the word to them. And you're just spending time. Let me let me back up. Isn't that what Jesus did with the disciples? Yeah. yeah. He spent time with them. Mm-hmm. That's the key right there. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Investing the time. Yeah. yeah. I would kind of like to dive into, because uh, if we're honest with when it comes to evangelism so winning you know one of the biggest barriers slash excuses slash worries people have is that they're either nervous you know like yeah. you said they're awkward uh, yep. the rejection you know so i like the fact that you said that when you truly align with with the word of god you know you felt the purpose but i want to add your your perspective on this so what needs to happen in order for all that to, I wouldn't say leave, because I think at the end of the day, it still happens to me where, you know, I sometimes feel awkward or, or shy about it. But the difference is I don't let it control me anymore. You know, right. I don't let, you know, my choice of what I'm going to do, you know, impact the way I feel. So what needs to happen in order for 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 people who are barely going to start evangelizing for, for them to know that, hey, this needs to happen in order for your awkwardness, your shyness, your timidness to not control your decision of, of soul winning. That's good. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. I'm really glad you asked that. 
Um, step one, uh, Acts chapter four, I believe, verse 29 through 30, I believe, to 34. Something happened. The, the church was being persecuted. And, um, and they're in a room and they're scared. And so they begin to pray. And the Bible says that the place shook and they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they're filled with boldness. Mm-hmm. First thing is a spiritual thing because we're dealing with spiritual matters. We're not dealing with marketing. We're not dealing with trying to sell a product, you know, how to go out there and be a great salesman. No, this is a spiritual battle. Uh, so we need to understand that first. It is a spiritual battle, and you need the Spirit of the Lord to give you boldness. That is the first thing that I would say, um, because people are filled with demons. There's demons not wanting to talk to you. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you guys could uh, attest to this, but maybe just talking about soul winning today, uh, there was probably some spiritual attacks that happened uh, in your personal life. Something happened throughout you guys' day today. Uh, and it surely did happen to me. There was a lot of disturbance because there is an absolute enemy that mm. w- first goal is not that they don't go to church. You even would allow that. Not that they don't talk to Christianity, but uh, that they don't come to a place where they know and experience Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that enemy we know is Satan and his demons. Mm-hmm. Therefore, is a so that fear that you feel is not just an awkward human human feeling. There's also very spiritual aspects behind mm-hmm. that. That's why I said it before. We need to invest our time in the Lord because you need to be covered. You need to be covered by the blood of the Lamb. You need to be covered as you go out and preach the gospel because this is a very spiritual. Order. If there's someone that Satan hates, it's a soul winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he is snatching them. From the pits of hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is snatching. And that's one thing that Satan hates above anything. That someone goes to the other side. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to fill with boldness. You need mm-hmm. to ask for it every day. Before he tells you, you need to fill with boldness. God, give me boldness. Because there's intimidation, the spiritual intimidation. Yeah. Second, second, you deal with the issue. For example... Let's say you want to be a great basketball player, right? Oh, um, but your uh, your jump shot sucks, or you know your you dribbling sucks. <laughs> can't go left, right? Can't do a layup, you know. Um, oh, I, I'm not going to play basketball because I don't know how to do. I don't shoot. That's not a great excuse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to them? Uh, practice, practice, uh, study. Look at YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So you study what you don't know. So that'll be my second thing. Mm-hmm. That if there's something you're scared of, and that's what me, one thing I was scared of is defending the gospel, defending the resurrection of Jesus, re- defending that this is true. So I started to read. I actually started to invest time, going back to investment in time, right? Uh, I began to invest time. Uh, one of the greatest books that I read that helped me get bold in that I, Christianity was The Case for Christ. Mm-hmm. that book right there gave me so much boldness. It's like, okay, there's evidence to what I believe. The first time I saw evidence for what I believe. That's the first time. I know there was so much evidence. I didn't know that, that we were, the Bible is the greatest, greatest 
historical book ever written in the entire. There's nothing that even comes close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got things as far that as they manuscripts and stuff. As far as manuscripts, that's correct. Uh, like the Iliad and and Homer's mm-hmm. Odyssey. Uh, don't even come close. Bu- Plato. Don't even come close. Don't come yeah, close. don't even come <laughs> close to the narrative and the manuscripts of Christ. Stuff like that that I began to know. Then so I got bold. So mm-hmm. any question, I was ready. Mm-hmm. Second, I I dived into like uh, atheism versus uh, versus you know evolution versus God and atheism versus God, and I started doing a lot of YouTube videos, and I sharpened what I did not know. Mm-hmm. So you gotta invest. You gotta invest if you really care about it. You invest. You find mm-hmm. out. Talk to people. You know. Um, so and um, that's one of the things that I think that really really helped me in in I guess o- overcoming that fear. Over that fear is definitely fear. And three last one. Um, point point number three. Uh, uh, three is practice. There was a study shown, there was this guy, who was a scientist, that he wanted to get over the fear of talking, talking to girls. So he wanted to know how does that happen, right? Um, I'm, I'm yeah. still trying to figure out how that happens, bro. <laughs> okay, so uh, let me help you out right here. Right? The study was pretty good. The study was pretty good. He said he was, so it, it was scientific research, it was funny, it was real funny, but it was insightful. He said this, uh, the study, um, I don't remember the study so much, uh, but he said that, um, he started asking girls on dates. He says, and he was always afraid. So he wanted to know how to get over that fear. Um, these are psychologists that go into the, you know, the theory of love and relationship building. So they do stuff, you know, these type of research. Um, and so he found out that, that he asked a girl out, uh, by like the 400th time he didn't care. It didn't matter anymore. So what? <laughs> he realized that it wasn't big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. So he came to the conclusion that repetition, repetition of something that you're afraid of, then therefore you will eventually lose the fear of it. Mm-hmm. So it'll be practice is that you, the more you do it, the the less fearful it becomes. Like even The more you do it, the more you see God come in, the more you experience. Mm-hmm. Like even when you put it in that context where, with that guy talking to girls, like rejection. Because there are going to be people that are going to reject you just out. They don't even want to hear you. Yeah, correct. You know? So, like, and and as far as boldness, I feel like I alluded to it earlier. Um, when I got boldness is when I was actually able to, you know, talk to uh, a homosexual about the gospel. Because I always right. felt like that was impossible for me. I was okay. like, okay, that's impossible for me because I can't do that. I can't relate right. this, that, and the other. And then God put this person in front of me. And um, I didn't, we were talking and then he, he was asking me about many different things. He was asking me about prayer, the word of God. He was just throwing a whole bunch of questions at me. And then he ultimately ended up with, okay, let me ask you this final question. Am I wrong for being a homosexual? And then I, I was like, oh snap, like, I don't even know how to like answer this. I was like, you know, in my study of the word of God, I was like, you're wrong. I was like, but that's, you're not as wrong as me fornicating. I was like, you're wrong in the sense that you're sinning and you're wrong in the sense that you're, right. you're you're having these thoughts. I was like, you're wrong. And then we talked about it even more. And then he admitted that, that you know, I was showing the love of God to him. And he, and he ended up breaking up with his boyfriend on the phone, like right in front of me, like right before my eyes. And wow. then um, I prayed for him. God. 
I prayed for him and um and I invited him to church and he didn't go, but you know, I I sowed the seed and it took away that fear of talking to anyone. I was like, now I, I feel like I could talk to anyone about the Lord because absolutely God put this person in front of me and gave me boldness. And now I feel like I literally talk to anyone about God at any time. And as far as like the same thing as you, like I studied science. Well, I've always been a like a, sci- a science geek, but like science and uh, different religions and different um, ideologies. And I studied all these things and, and um, history and bi- even biology, like everything just to be able to show myself approved, you know, <laughs> just to show myself approved, study to show myself approved, like the word says. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's good. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. There is, there is that of, uh, of experience the more you experience the less fear you have the more the more you experience and uh that happened to me too when i was like man if i could talk to that person yeah then i'll, I'll be all right i'm yeah. gonna be all right i'll be all right so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i would kind of want to like shift it now to another subject because when i knew we were going to do this especially with saul i knew for a fact like we got to bring in the topic of cell groups um, and for me, like my church, when we started cell groups, it was like around 2013, 2014, maybe. And I know your church is cell group based, especially like the youth. You guys have cell groups. Uh, but for the for the people, believe it or not, there's still churches right now who maybe don't know what cell groups is or maybe don't believe in them for whatever reason. Like for you, for for you, uh, for Hosanna, you could say, how has cell groups really benefited your ministry in, in evangelism and also benefited the church, you know, the community? That's good. That's a, that's a good question. I uh, love that question, man. Um, one thing, uh, if I would say something about that, so many things, there's so many things we could talk about. I'm trying to gather my thoughts to, to really hit it on the nail mm-hmm. here. Let me start with this. Um, there's no one way to to have evangelism programs in the church. Yeah. There's no such thing as one way or one effective one. This is it, right? I don't think that's true. Um, but if you're not doing anything, uh, this is a good way to go. Cell groups, small groups is a really good route to go um so the way uh the way it benefited the, the church uh the way it has benefited me it's it's so there's so much blessing that has come to it uh well one thing is i would say is that it was easy to evangelize when you have a small group why because all you you're talking to someone about jesus and then you have you have an, a goal. The goal, for example, let's say I'm talking uh, right here, and let's say I'm talking to Daniel, trying to evangelize him, and, and I, I, I come to a conclusion. My conclusion is, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got the gospel. Okay, I want to know more. Let's say that person, and it's really great. Um, do you want to go to church? And the answer will be like, yeah, but in reality, they don't. It's like church, like, oh, man, yeah. usually people are afraid of church uh, for whatever reason. Um, but if you say, hey, you want to come kick it at my house? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I yeah. worded, hey, we have a kickback at my house. 
<laughs> and guess what? They're like, let's roll. It changes the, the dynamic. Yeah. It becomes more relational. It becomes very relational instead of systematic. Mm-hmm. It becomes uh, like, oh, you know, you go to church, everything's way proper. There's a song. There's a way that things are done, and which it should be. I'm not saying it should not be, but when you enter into a home, it's personal. It's, it's a different environment. It's a different atmosphere. And the atmosphere is, should that should resonate, is love, right? That they should feel welcomed and loved. And, and I want to say that one thing that we're missing in our, in our, in our, in our world today, and even in the church, is, is there's a deep need for community. Mm-hmm. There's a deep, deep, deep need for community. And what does that mean? For us to hang out. I needed someone to talk to. Because the more we have technology, the further it's taking us from community, from hanging out, to saying, what's up? We need touch. We need to, you know, you know, give each other high fives. And that brings that warm, uh, how do you say it? Warmth? warmth? Yeah, warm. To, yeah, warmth to, to the non-believer. So that's one of the greatest things that I've seen have happened. Um, the second thing that happened is it fulfilled it fulfilled the scriptures. Um, I want let me see. I believe it's in Matthew chapter twenty five, where Jesus said, um, when he's ta- he's talking about the end times and he's talking about who's going to go to hell, who's going to go to heaven, the right and the left, and and he gives different parables. And one of them was he said. Um, I'm just, I'm going to misquote it. So I'm just going to paraphrase. He says, um, says, depart from me for I never, I, I never knew you. He says, because, says, uh, um, says, I was naked and you didn't feed, uh, and you didn't clothe me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me to drink. I was hungry and you did not feed me, you know, and these things, uh, he says, well, when did I do, when did I not do that? He says, when you didn't do these, to not, the least of these, you, you were doing it to me. And it fulfills scripture. There's a fulfillment of scripture because in a small group setting, you do two things. You could do evangelism and discipleship. I really want to take this time to note this very important aspect. Evangelism will not work or cannot work or cannot be successful Without discipleship, without discipleship, I've seen it so many times. Someone comes into church, he's baptized, loves the Lord. All right, you're good, bro. Yeah, you're on your own now. So it is sometimes. Yeah, but and 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 that right there is very detrimental to the soul. Yeah. The person that just got baptized, so a cell group fulfills that. You, they're able to come in and evangelize. When they get baptized, guess what? where they're staying? They're staying in a discipleship environment. And it's an environment of growth. Um, now, is that every cell group? Does every cell group do this? Absolutely not. It took me a while to get very good at that. Um, it is a skill. It's something you have to learn, something you have to try. But that's one thing that benefits the soul. The way it benefits. So the question now is, how did it benefit me? Is that now I was entered into, I was, it was almost full-time discipleship. 
full-time discipleship. Um, we will hang out. We will hang out together. Uh, <laughs> there's so much to say about this. Mm-hmm. Discipleship, discipleship is, is, is key for the soul because, or for the believer that's new, because you're shifting the worldview. Mm-hmm. They're coming from a worldly worldview. Yeah. You're coming from their own ideas, their own customs, their own culture. And they need to delete that. That's right. And they need to uh, accept a biblical worldview. Yeah. So when there's no discipleship, there's, guess what stays there? A worldly worldview. That's right. So how do you have someone, uh, how do you change someone's worldview uh, through the scriptures? You got to teach it. Are you ready, guys? You gotta, gotta, good. You gotta, you ready? I'm gonna drop go it. it. Go for it. They gotta see it. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, yeah. we had a um, a professor in one of my Bible college classes. He said, uh, the the way he interpreted that scripture, you know, go out and preach the word. Uh, he put it this way. He said, go out into the nations and preach the word, and if you need to speak. So, 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 what is, what does that mean? That means that. You're preaching the word just by the way you're you're uh, you know presenting yourself, just by the way you act, uh, and it's not it's not all about like like you, like how you say you know like p- church scares people. It's not all about you know having them go to church or whatever. It's about creating a a fellowship with them so they can feel comfortable enough to actually open their heart and let Jesus in. You know. Uh, it's 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 gonna be like a whole change of of uh, ambient that that they're around, and you know th- that um that analogy that that professor um said really you know resonated in, in in my in my heart because that's true you know the way you you behave is the way people are gonna uh, judge you as you know if yeah. uh, if if you if you project yourself as being you know a a someone who loves Jesus you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see that before you even hear someone speak so it's like yeah that that's a very important point you know not only creating a a uh, a verbal connection but a you know fellowship or 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 you know friend connection um, yeah and know, I always I'm, say I'm, and I always say that like as far as discipleship like disciples they were disciple for three years before God allowed them to do everything on their own. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like God was with them for but, three years before the he was best like, seminary right, theological courses of all time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he still was with them for three years. You know what I'm saying? Like people were just like, Oh, you know, I got my AA. I'm good. I know how to do this. Come on. No, like God was with them for three years before actually going like, all right, now you guys go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Just like exactly. us, just like us, we need to be with the, these people that we we don't be like, okay, now you're baptized, you're saved, all right, go for it. Like you said earlier, yeah. you don't do that. Yeah, you know, Ooh. Jesus didn't do that. You know, he had to, he had the power to forgive their sins. Okay, you today will be in paradise with me, or or whatever he wanted to do, but he didn't. He 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 stayed there, taught them, ate them, you know, cried with them. He he did everything with them. You know, that's right, man. That's right, and I, I like what I like what. Um, I like what you guys are saying. This is good stuff, you know, and that's right. You guys are hitting on the nail because you guys getting it. Um, one thing that, uh, that I, when it, and that's discipleship is part of the investment, like I said, investing in people. I'm going to give you guys an example of that um, is uh, like I saying, it benefited me because I now began to grow. I, the cell group, because I began to like, now I have to be an example, you know, um, 
Now I have to be an example of what I teach. Mm-hmm. And I have to be, and that was the very, it was, a, it, was a, it was something that would check, that was always constantly checking me, uh, how I behaved. I was always conscious of it. Uh, when you're not discipling, you're, you don't care how you act. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that because that's how I was. I didn't, it didn't matter. You know, so long, you know, it didn't matter how I lived my life. But now I have people that are looking up to me of what is the definition of Christianity to whether I'm going to follow Jesus or not. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary deal. It, it, it was a weight upon my life. It was a weight upon my shoulders. Um, and I wanted to live the best way I could for Christ. Not just for my, but for their sake, but in return, I was blessed by that. I lived my best to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord uh, because there's people looking at me. There's people definitely looking at me. Um, So that's one way that it benefited me. Um, That's one thing. It it was so, so much. I grew like so much because guess what? Souls ask a lot of questions. So therefore I would, I needed to know. I would, I would study the word. I would hang out with them all the time. Um, uh, Brother Tyreek was one, like I said, one of the first souls. He would come over to my house. I mean, this is a guy that just, I don't know, and everything, now he's sleeping over. And we're talking about the Bible, and he's asking me questions. That's the lifestyle I began and what discipleship looked like. And um, there's so much to elaborate on that, but to, the last question you asked is, how did it benefit the church? Um, guys, uh, <laughs> we have a bunch of leaders now, a lot of people that, we got a lot of musicians that came in. Um, if you guys are, are, are lacking a pianist, uh, lacking a, a drummer, lacking a vocalist, guess what? Go win, the, go win him to the Lord. He's mm-hmm. out there. He's out there somewhere. And that's what happened. That's one of the greatest benefits that happened to Hosanna uh, is a lot of people, a lot of people start coming in and fulfilling positions, people that start entering into different ministries and children's ministries and all this stuff that where we lack. Now we had an abundance now. So that's one thing that I saw that it benefited the church in a very positive way. Um, um, it definitely ch- it changed the culture of Hosanna uh, forever. Absolutely. Right. So. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, you know, I feel like you've given us so much, uh, you know, to think about and, and, and to really take in. Uh, I feel like this would be a, a great way to, to end this episode. Uh, you know, but before we go, we want to ask you, is there something, you know, any words of encouragement you might want to give somebody who's been wanting to reach, to go out there and reach souls, but it hasn't had the courage to do it? Okay, yeah, this is a, uh, this is a good, good way to end. Um, this is barely my introduction, so um, <laughs> we'll have part yeah. two. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't even gotten to part my point yet, guys. I'll <laughs> we'll do part two. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great question. The great question is, uh, so how do I, how do, how do I encourage someone, um, to start? It, it's interesting. Um, the way I started was, was with three people, it was me. And my two brothers. And that's it. That's how, that's where the first people to start a, a Bible study. Um, and later, later on, people started coming and getting baptized, started serving, and they started seeing. Um, I remember asking the Lord this. 
I remember asking uh, uh, like I'm tired of hearing stories of people seeing miracles. I want to see them. That's right. I want to live that. I, I'm tired of having testimonies of other people. Those are great and I needed them and we need them. But what about my testimonies? And then if that is your desire, then I would advise that you get just an, another person. All you need is another person to have on fire because you need, you need to be checked. You need, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron, like a French sharpens, you know, yeah. iron, a French, you know, that scripture, iron sharpens iron. As a friend sharpens the countenance of a friend. You need someone. So that'll be the first way. Find someone that's on fire with you. Because when you're down, they can help you out. That's right. And vice versa. That's the first step. Find someone that's on fire for the Lord. That's all you need. You don't need a youth group. You don't need a a big old nut. All you need is probably just another. If you can find three people together. And what does the Bible say? We're two or three together in my name. I'll be there. Yeah. So that's the first step, I would say. The second step is that you get in the routine of prayer. Get in the routine of prayer. Get a prayer life. Uh, pray an hour a day. Um, well, I can probably pray five minutes. Then that's the thing, right? We get to a place where you could pray an hour a day. That's challenging. That's challenging for me. But that's the goals that I put myself on. And third, you're asking God for souls. I'm going to tell you guys, take this out. There's so much to say, but I'm going to say this. I remember the beginning of the year when I started my, when I started, when I started uh, my, my small group, the first year I got three baptisms. Just the first year. The second year, I got seven baptisms. That's the second year of me just trying. Yeah. And how did it go? I went before the Lord in the beginning of the year and I did, and I went into a, a, a time of prayer and I asked the Lord, God says, can you give me, can you give me seven baptisms this year? <laughs> Let's see what happens. And that's, that was my prayer throughout the whole year. God, give me seven. God, give me seven. God, give me seven. God, give me seven. And that was my prayer. That was it. God, bring someone, bring someone, bring someone, bring someone. And seven people got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. That's great. There's definitely needs to be a prayer. You're asking God for it, right? Um, and, and one thing that's real, real important is discipleship, um, is that you, you get disciple, you get a mentor, you get someone to disciple you, someone to check you. Um, that's really important. You know, the word is submit yourself under authority because that's a covering for you. And, and you need that in order to start a ministry, especially soul winning because mm-hmm. it's highly, highly spiritual. Um, and, and I would, I would advise that, that if you're going to definitely, definitely start, you submit yourself under, uh, you have your covering of your pastor, you have your covering of someone, 
Um, and, and not just your posture, not, I mean, not just that, not just your passion, but you, you get as many mentors as you can in the, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom, there's safety. So you definitely need a multitude of counselors. And I think that's one of the greatest issues of my, my time is the lack of being discipled, being someone there to guide you on how to navigate life. And some of us like me have been very fortunate to be under a great pastor and a great authority therefore has been a great blessing so definitely i would ask to seek to seek uh that um and last invest you invest invest time in learning how to how to win souls how to disciple invest you go youtube videos you learn you learn and then god will definitely open the door i want to end with this right here the way someone, when I began to see the greatest movement of all time is when I started my small group. Um, there was this one time a person came in that had a rib cage problem uh, for about five years. And I remember the when we prayed for them as a small group, we didn't, I was, they just prayed for them. I, I wasn't even there. The cell group did it. I didn't even tell them. They were all just like one, like two months into baptism, and they were just babies in the Lord. But they grabbed a hold of that person. They prayed, and her rib cage stopped hurting. For the first time, she was able to start jumping up and down. She she started to run. She started, to, and this did not happen, guys. In a in a church service, it wasn't a a a great revival movement. It wasn't nowhere, but it was just the simple aspect of a small group setting where the presence of God fell and someone got healed. So you want to see a move of God? Seek him. And definitely start soul winning. And last, man, there's so many last things I could say. I want to say this. Ten for sure, for sure. All right, guys. All right, guys. For sure. There's so much. It's, it's the last thing is that you need to change the mentality and how you see the world. You gotta sure. really, you gotta really know and believe that people, and you gotta really believe that the rapture could be tonight. Yeah. Once you have that mentality, and when you have that belief system. And once you have the love and, and all that stuff and investment, the last thing is you need to really think, my neighbor could die tomorrow and enter into eternity of hell. My mom, my dad, my, uh, my, my cousin, my uncle, they could die tonight and end up in eternity of hell. That is the mentality of a soul winner. And that is the mentality that we have to have. That is the worldview shift that needs to happen to you. To me, on a constant basis, is that the rapture could be tonight or that the day could end tonight. And when that happens, a fire will be lit. Really, we truly, we truly want to thank Saul for making the time and and for joining, man. This is good stuff. Definitely, we're, we're going to need a part two. You know, we're yes. definitely going to need a we're part, gonna two get part two soon. You know, and Lord willing, but we can't. There's so much. I know there's so much other stuff that we could dive into, but 
For sure, for sure. We're going to have a, a part two. We want to thank our audience as well. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, episode nine, it, it's been a blessing for us, me, Jerry, Danny, to be able to continue doing this and to hear your feedback that you guys are being, you know, touched by this. And uh, truly, it, it truly motivates us to, to to keep moving forward. But I think this is a good way to end it. And uh, yeah, you know, thank you guys for joining and, and we'll you see guys. you for episode 10. Yes, right, see you guys next episode. God bless you. God bless.